What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Uh, we took the week off on a week off that was the worst week off take. <laughs> There's so much news. <laughs> like so much news, but I mean, like so much like out of movie news. Oh yeah, like a lot of shit happens. Like yeah. you know, I put on the top of our notes here the two main guys that I want to talk about in that sense. But I mean, like you know, I, I feel bad that we we could have been one of the first pods to talk about <laughs> slap. I'm sorry, yeah. Lyndon. Yo, it's okay. <laughs> shit happens. Life is is it's it is a okay. I'm glad you enjoyed your vacay, but we are well, think, back. But I think it's a good thing because we at least get to like contemplate on a week later. Yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> like I feel the exact same way that I felt when I saw that shit. Like, well, I mean, I feel like there's some people who, who are backtracking like from the moment it happened to like now. It's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, at one moment we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at another moment you're like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So yeah, people people are starting to see the the error of their ways. <laughs> the think pieces were out all Monday. Gosh, I'm kind of glad we didn't do was wasn't a part of the think piece catalog because people were just sit, just writing up a ton of emotions. Amy Schumer needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that was my girlfriend's thing. Is that you know the worst things that happened at the Oscar wasn't even Will Smith slap. The worst things that happened was Amy. Sch- Schumer disrespecting Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jesse Amy Plemons Schumer. looked actually like pissed. He didn't think that yeah. was funny. He did not. And um <laughs> he did not want her to hit on her. Yeah. The other joke she made about animated movies was terrible. Yeah. She was just not um, good. And then the, the joke she wanted to make about don't look up wasn't good. All of her political yeah. commentary, like. I get it's 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 a war going on with Ukraine and we got to do it. But you just randomly going Ukraine like that doesn't do shit, Amy Schumer. No, no, like, it does not. Gosh, she sucks. Uh, and the other thing was Jane Campion, man. <laughs> Jane Campion. Campion, the uh, winner of the best record. Oh, yeah, yeah. I told, I told you about that. that. She said. Yeah. What she said about Venus and Serena. How? Oh, ha ha you don't have to compete against the men like I do, like making it like her best director compares to the, the Williams sisters. Like, shut the fuck up, bitch. You made power of the dog, which is a book in like you. That wasn't your script. Let me see your script compete with the men. Then we're going to talk. It's funny that you say that what, about her and like that. It was a book. The one thing that my girlfriend and I were discussing, because we saw a tweet that was the, where someone said, Hey, if you were going to have your own, if you're going to add something to the Oscars, what would you add? She was like, I kind of wish that they did more distinction between, you know, original movies based on that original thought and movies based that are like adapted. Oh, because like, it's just hard to judge a performance that someone gives in a biopic to someone who makes an original character their own. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That, That's a that fair thing. The Oscars two more hours. So in the end, that much crazier, but Oscar week's over. I'm not upset at the winners. It was like, I feel like this was like a whack of Oscars kind of, but we'll talk about it. Did you watch anything yeah, I mean, interesting over the uh, time? I sure did. Sure I watched, uh, I rewatched Close Enough, which I fucking love. Even yeah, more so. ready for this new season. Yeah, for the new season. I rewatched Close Enough. I rewatched Black Rain to get ready for okay. Tokyo Vice this week. Um, I watched a, a Yakuza movie called 
the uh the devil wait the gangster the cop and the devil it's about well it might be a korean movie it's really fucking good what else did i watch i watched a bunch of shit man hold on uh, i got peacock started watching like some du- i watched wrestlemania started watching some wwe shit uh so my peacock my peak oh yeah i rewatched i started rewatching uh the animated batman rewatch the batman the animated series rewatch batman brave and the bold now i'm doing Batman the animated series. So uh and the final thing is I'm gonna start the comedy uh below. Hold on, let me tell you, it's on Peacock. Uh what the what the fuck is this shit called? It's new. Um oh here we go. Uh it's called below deck, one of the below deck Mediterranean. Oh yeah. no, below deck uh say uh down under. Yeah, I'm watching that on Peacock, but Bus Down <laughs> is a new is a comedy on Peacock with uh uh, basically, Zach Fox worked on it. Um, the guy from Saturday Night Live. A bunch of like funny black comedians today. This is their show on Peacock, so I'm excited. All right. Yeah, but I other mean, than that, I'm, that's it. Since I traveled, I got to watch stuff on the plane. <laughs> oh, um, but nice. Relatively short flights. So okay. I only got to watch one movie, and it was last night in Soho. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I was finally glad I, I got to watch that. It was really, really good. I'd yeah, say, good movie. You know, I'd say at the moment, you know, in April, it's top five for me this year. Let me see. What did, but I guess it I, came out last year, didn't it? Yeah, that don't count. You can't count that for this year. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I would have seen it before the end of last year, it wouldn't have been in my five, but it would have been up. I told I you... What did I rank it? I have it. It's on it's on my letterbox. I'm trying to I find have it. I think a four on letterbox or a four or five, something Let's like that. Let's see. Did I did I not rank this on letterbox? I thought I did. Oh well, I guess I didn't. Um yeah, I don't know what I would uh what I would make last night in Soho, man. That's interesting. I think they it fumbles around the end. It definitely does. For a while, it, it really keeps you in there. I think like the performances were great and the shooting was great. Yeah, like story is bumpy. I think the performance is good. Story is bumpy, like you said. Um, but, I did, but the twist got me, so I'll give him that. The twist did give me. I'd say I'd give it like a three, a three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, I think I think I gave it a four. Yeah, you gave it a four. Like, I'm looking at it right now. But Thompson McKenzie killed it. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy killed it. Michael Ajo killed it. Who's the black friend who got screwed? Like, gosh, he just yeah. kept fucking that guy. Good guy, Greg. Good guy, Greg. That's all it was, bro. And then when you find yeah, out the so, twist at the end, sheesh. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I think the last time we talked, I was on season two of The Wire, and I just finished season four. Nice, I nice. Blew through some seasons because, like, season three kind of like is great what <laughs> happens yeah and, and so like then you're like oh well it ends on a way where you're like i gotta watch season four now yeah through season four season four is probably my favorite oh okay so you think the school one's your favorite oh i really enjoyed the school one i like see i think kids, the pop i like the kids be plot yeah the kids the kids are great i think i think my favorite is the politician man with fucking uh with fucking that's, uh, that's a majority of that season that's not season three with uh hamsterdam or- it's, no, Hamsterdam season three, but then like you know, a lot of the Carcetti getting elected stuff happens in the beginning of season four. Oh, so, I thought he ru- no. Okay, so he runs in season three. Yeah, he he decides he's going to run at the yeah, end of season three, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then in season four he runs. 
Okay, damn. Well, I like season four a lot because the Carcetti shit's great. But yeah. Amsterdam is great too, though. Like season three. Amsterdam is, is badass. Why are best, best show on television besides the Sopranos, man? Best show ever. Like it is great. Season five. Yeah, pretty wild. A little shaky. It looks like it's going to be shaky, but as you know, the last, those two season four and season three were some of the best tier. television ever. Yeah, like insane. Um, the death the, of Sugar Bell, bro. Yeah. RIP. The well, I mean, just all the stuff that Marlo's crew does in the fourth season is wild, bro. Fucking Marlo, man. Jeez. Um, and then Omar, man. Rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. Yeah. The, Omar is the scariest of all characters. Yep. And then sure. fucking Bugs, the junkie. Uh, bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles, not Bugs. They call them Bugs. bugs. Yeah, Bubs. And then Bugs is actually a character in the fourth season. But Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he's is. A kid. But yeah, he's the a kids drunk, the, a junkie too. <laughs> the kids in the fourth season are wild. But yeah, so besides that, I watched a good bit of One Piece. I'm pretty far into Dressrosa now. Um, nice. Uh, I guess it's a one piece spoiler. I can't really say that, right? What, what gear four? Uh, yeah, it dress rosa at this point because it's pretty far in. I can't, I don't know if I could say like, say it, bro. One piece, the dress rosa is old, bro. Fuck it. Now, where, where I'm at is where the, the toys turn back into people. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. So you're finding out that Rebecca's dad is a uh, old boy. Well, I mean, I, yeah, no, no, all that. But like I guess Luffy's getting ready to fight Dokalingo. Yeah, okay. So Kiros is fighting, uh, is about to fight Diamante. Okay, so all that shit's yeah, happening. Okay. All that's happening. Gotcha. gotcha. I had a question about that. Like, does does Bartolomeo play any more role past this? Like Well, okay, so everybody's been waiting for the Grand Fleet to come. They haven't okay. came yet. So, like, that's something that's you know that people are waiting for. I think it's because when you're not there yet, but basically when they become the Grand Fleet, his crewmates, uh, they say that Oda, the narrator, says that uh, this Grand Fleet was birthed at this instance, but they won't take center stage until the final war or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't get to watch too much anime, but I make sure that the only one that I watch it right now is One Piece. Hey, it's great. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and other than that, my trash TV we watched was Love After Lockup. My friend turned us on to this season of Love After Lockup. And it's I, don't know if I, wa- I don't know if I watched that, but I've been watching. On Wii TV, it's, you know, it's pretty much like people who are, you know, married or dating, people who get out Post, of prison. Yeah, about prison. Like. yeah, okay. I bet that's a good one. See, I've been watching 90 Day Fiance with Kim Bali. <laughs> For those out there who know what that is, y'all know. <laughs> Soldier Boy and Kim Bali. This Jamaican artist, Soldier Boy, is scamming this fat white lady and got a PS5, an Apple laptop, and all she wants is sex. And he's like, oh, I don't want to give sex. And she's like, you're going to fuck me or I'm taking my chain back. <laughs> All right, that sounds badass. <laughs> yeah, no. 90 Day Fiance, it is going down. Soldier Boy and Kimbali. That's how he says her name. <laughs> oh, and I guess the one other thing I mentioned is that the late night show for my girlfriend and I is Degrassi. Nice. Yeah, that's on HBO it. Max. So we're on season two now. <laughs> yeah, I've been using my HBO Max account a lot. Like, watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? I've been just watching random shit on HBO Max. 
It's they have great stuff. Pretty much, it's it's pretty much the number one for me right now. Yeah, mine too. I don't. It's that and Hulu. I don't use Netflix yeah. really. So I I pretty much go there and Hulu and then Amazon Prime. Yes, after that and Apple. Yeah, and then I, I rewatched Star Wars Visions. Man, it's really right. good. It's yeah, really, really good. good. Yeah. So, but um, we can get but, to the news because there's a lot of shit. But we can yeah, skip through some of, of that shit. A lot of shit. I guess we can skip over Ezra Miller and his bullshit. Yeah, like I, I guess we could just start there. Like, ah, uh, he should have kind of at the point to where like recast him. Like, if you if well, if you can, because multiverse. And my thing is, if you're gonna stop doing Will Smith movies because they said they had Bad Boys Four script ready to go and then they pulled it, then recast Ezra Miller, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if Will Smith because of a slap defending his wife gets his movies pulled, then Ezra Miller threatening, threatening to murder people, stalking them, and slapping people? Bro, that's not flashlight. Get him out of here. Yeah, no, he, he can't be a superhero representing DC. Threatening to like, murder at point, people? At this point, like, a key one, like a main one. The like, talking big time. Like, one of the biggest. Like, nah, bro, let's get us a new Flash. Let's do Wally West. Like, fuck that. Get that dude out of here. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth ain't doing stuff like this. Or Marvel. No. Is, yeah. Robert Pattinson is wild as hell. And he not doing no shit like this. Yeah, true. So <laughs> get him out of here. Well, let's just see this movie already. I mean, that's right. Yeah, facts. But the slap uh, heard around the world. Damn yeah. Jada Fox. Jada Pinkett Smith's a damn shame. Damn shame. Then she came out today. Let me say what she came out today and said. Just some some horrible shit. She is toxic and ruining Will's life. Jada Pinkett Smith says, wishes Will didn't get physical with Chris Rock. Bitch, you the one why he got physical. You looked at him and, and probably said something under your breath, and that's why he got physical. Ugh, ugh. But Will's a simp. He shouldn't even slapped in the first place. That joke since wasn't was watching, bad. Since I was watching it in Mexico, I, uh, I when I saw it happen live, I was like, this, this looks fake. And then, like, I saw him curse on there, and I was like, oh, no, this can't is real. That. <laughs> I was like, he can't say that. Like, what, what, what is going on? Because like, <laughs> I, I, I for, for sure thought it was a play slap. Yeah, no, that shit was real. Real AF. And like, I didn't really understand until the next day because, like, I thought that if that was real, like, I thought that something more would have happened. Like, I thought that. Like security would have came out, and that's why like, it's like, huh? Like the Oscars just let that happen because they get they had to because they were giving him best actor, and then they lied to try to save face and said they wanted him. They tried to get him out of there, and then it turns out that TMZ reported that that was a lie, and the Oscars had to apologize. It was a big shit show, bro. Just a big yeah, shit. Show. They shouldn't have lied about it because I mean, like at the end of the day, yeah, you want him there because he's winning the award. Yep. And I mean, like I don't really know if I would have been like yeah kick that dude out because like at the end of the day like he went up and slapped chris rock it wasn't like he slapped some like random dude yeah like, he knows who chris rock is they have a, some kind of rapport like nobody knows what would have been like the what was going on at but that my moment. thing what, what also makes me bad is he wouldn't have slapped ricky gervais like no he probably wouldn't have that's like week af like it's just weak all around from the Smiths. I don't like it. Chris Rock should have definitely let loose an August Alcina joke. 
when he was like, "Ooh, I could," and then yes. he stopped himself and then kept going. He should have said when, when he when Will said, "Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth," and he was like, "Don't worry, I will." But also keep that same energy for August Alcina. If he'd have said that, dropped the mic and left, that'd have been hard. That'd have been hard. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, after that, he would like you know stuttered through the nominees. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Like, damn, I felt bad for him. Like, that G.I.J. joke was not that bad. Well, I'm I felt sorry. bad for uh, the the dude from um, que- well, Questlove. That oh, yeah. Name? Oh, that's what I watched. Holy shit. Questlove, I feel so bad for him for his thing, his moment, because his documentary is incredible. I did not know there was a Black Woodstock. And when you write, watch that shit, it's one Where of the best documentaries that? ever. It's on Hulu. Oh, dope. Okay. I, I, that's why I texted you. I watched uh, Soul, Summer of Soul, and it, it was so good that I started listening to 60s music. Basically, Stevie Wonder, uh, Gladys Knight, uh, fucking... Jimmy uh, Hendrix, No, no, no. Jimmy Hendrix was at Woodstock. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. There were so many people that were just, like, big people that were there and performed in Harlem for free. Questlove told the story. It was beautiful. I'm so happy he won. That was awesome. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, like, so in that big Will Smith moment, I was like, well, damn, like, you know, Questlove's got to follow that. Yeah, that's and that was a, a huge moment. And I was like, you know, I, I'm still thinking about the slap. It was just. Yeah. Um, and then Diddy tried to come out and was like, love, love. <laughs> Y'all yeah, had like, Diddy, Diddy come up. out to talk before Robert De Niro. And then I felt bad for De Niro and The Godfather because they missed yeah, their whole movie. Coppola. Yeah. yeah. And and then like yeah, what you said with awards wise, like I just really don't think there was anything too memorable besides I would say Will Smith winning an Oscar, but like yeah. that's now clouded. Exactly, um, it's gonna be remembered forever as the night he slapped instead of his King Richard Oscar. Yeah, I mean, sucks for the Williams family. They yeah, it does. They did not. Yeah, poor. Like, but you know, whatever. Like King Venus Richard. Serena done with Hollywood now. Yeah, they they are done with Will Smith. Like when they showed their faces, they were pissed off. Yeah. So, um, but, but it's anyway, whatever. Moving on from that into the many stories we got. Uh, so Obi Wan is pushing back its premiere to Wednesday the twenty uh, from Wednesday the twenty fifth of May to Friday May twenty seventh. Uh, McGregor announced this in a video, um, but he announced also. So that instead of one episode, they'll get two. So the first two episodes of Obi-Wan premiering on May 27th. And um, that's in track with uh, Star Wars Celebration. They want to do it while that's going on. Okay, so that's why they pushed it back. Yeah. So All right. that's, why they, that's why they pushed it back. I think like they were going for the sentiment of May 25th and because Disney Plus releases a lot of their stuff on Wednesdays. But I think they're, they're like, no, this is going to be a big event, especially with celebration so they can push i'm wondering when if that's going to be fridays all summer mm. or if it's going to be just that one yeah i'm just happy we're getting two episodes that's hard true i think we only get six so i mean yeah we're like a trunk of the show right away so yeah um, and, and oh if they skip a week though i'm gonna be pissed and also one thing i'm interested in seeing because we think we're going to see some flashbacks there's a canon novel that's coming out around the same time called brotherhood Ooh. and it's uh about Obi-Wan and Anakin and Anakin's earlier days of being oh. a Padawan, and they and it's the first time they come across Asajj Ventress. 
Oh, okay. That's gonna be. I'm gonna read that. That sounds badass. Um, that's coming out. Fuck yeah! Game. Also, been playing uh the Cal Kestis game. Ready yeah, for uh, good. ready for uh, which we call. And I made a TikTok. Let's see if you agree. Hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, and somebody commented, it was like, bro, Obi Wan's not for like a month. Why did you make this video? I was like, just because I wanted to. He was like, dope. I did my top five Jedi, and it basically ended up being uh, Ahsoka Tano number five, Mace Windu number one, Anakin Skywalker number three, Kanan Jarrus number two, Obi Wan Kenobi number one. Solid. Where? How would who, 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 would you have Luke in your top five? Probably not. Yoda. Probably Yoda. Yeah. Okay. Probably Yoda. Um, to me, Obi Wan's the best fucking Jedi. I out. feel like, you know, I feel like I would take Anakin out. Ooh, okay. See, I'm an Anakin guy. I just love him because he's so much more Darth Vader than he is Anakin, in my opinion. Uh, but see, I love. Pilot Clone Wars Anakin, man. When you're watching Tarnikowski Clone Wars and that dude's flying that plane and busting ass, that's that's the, the best parts one. of his story are the ones where he has to like you start to see the tinge of Vader. Yeah, I guess. But I I I love uh General General Skywalker, man. When him and Obi-Wan are fighting in the Clone Wars, that's some of the best shit ever. But that's why I put yeah. Kaden Jarris over him. Because Kaden Jarris, when he goes blind. Bruh, that's some badass shit. Yeah, Kanan Jarrus is pretty much a top five worthy guy. I'd yeah, he has sure. to be. It is, people yeah. were like, Ahsoka Tano, I was like, I understand she's a great Jedi, but she's incredible. Yeah, that's always the gray area, pun intended, with Ahsoka. Is like, what are we you... We saw her grow up. I had to put her on the list. That's why I put her yes. at number five. Yeah, but that's all pretty solid. I, I liked what you had... Uh, on TikTok with the Batman villains. Ooh, I think we we'll should talk, talk about more that. about yeah, that we'll in depth that. later. We have plenty yeah. of time. Uh, but let's talk about I, Batman. I made a part two, too. I don't know if you saw the part two. I did. I did. And he still have the Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still have it. I've been waiting. There's a part three coming. My TikTok's um, <laughs> But let's let's talk about the Joker. Nice. Batman, yeah. I liked it. Um, Never say the guy's name. Barry Kehogan or whatever. Barry Kehogan. There's yeah, no, you yeah. don't pronounce the G or the H. It's Keo. Right. So um, I wish that this would have been in there. Yeah, I actually I don't know so, where it would have been. Um, and it would have yeah. been such a like, it would have been such a fear. It would have been like, why yeah. are we doing this right now? And then because it, it would have had to come in the middle of the movie. It, 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 it instead of him going, he would see somebody. It, uh, I forget who it was, but he would see somebody to talk about the Riddler. Instead of that, he would have saw Barry. But look, I saw someone tweet that, like, what if for the next movie they use the Joker as, like, um, this Hannibal Lecter fig- figure where Batman goes talk to him? I would love that until he breaks out. I would love that. Like, just have him That'd as a, a side character. Sense, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think that's something they could definitely think about rolling with. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea. I thought that the dynamic was pretty good. It was just nice to be be with Rob again. Honestly. They just need to clean up the look. That's all they got. Like, I just I just love jumping back into the movie that world. for a second. Also, the Rattalata website so cool. It's been uh, taken over by the GCPD. Moon. <laughs> that's all. This movie's incredible, man. Like, Dude, that's so. That's honestly so classic because I, I remember when we were younger and they were, 
there would be websites for movies like that. And like, I feel like they kind of veered off from for about they definitely a decade did. or so. Because of social and, like, media. It's cool that they brought it back, yeah. Yeah, but I like Barry Keown's Joker, I do. I think Victoria Pedretti would be incredible as Harley Quinn. Love from you. Bring her in as Harley Quinn in the Arkham series as a psychiatrist. All right, well, hold on to that because we got some of her coming later. I love Victoria Pedretti because I thought at first Sydney Sweeney before I saw Keode, and I was like, nah, Keode too crazy. Sydney Sweeney's too pretty for that. You need someone to match his crazy, Victoria Pedretti. Yeah, and she actually can pull off that look, too. Yes, she could. And the thing is, we could see her as the psychiatrist, like, before we even get to Harley Quinn. Yeah. So. Look at, look, hey, Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, Lenny don't think you can play psychiatrist. Hey, don't do that. I love Sydney Sweeney. I'm like her parents. That She has the best tits in Hollywood. (laughs) Her parents said, oh, no, her grandparents said that. Excuse me. Damn. <laughs> that's wild uh, but yeah the Batman Julius scene was cool glad we got to check that out yeah um, facts but some other DC news Sharon Stone joins Blue Beetle as the villain Victoria Cord which is going to be a new character for the film ah, I wonder and if that means Ted Cord's going to be somewhere in this maybe so that'd be awesome I was wondering that why I hadn't heard booster. the Cord name before but I hadn't heard Victor Cord, Victoria Cord yeah that's a new character but I'm just excited because this could maybe get us booster gold in uh, Ted Court on film. So I'm down. James, I feel like well, that's it makes James Gunn's territory. I feel like booster gold and blue beetle kind of seem like they would end up being in like a, a universe where they could meet each other. Yeah, they're interchangeable for sure. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm excited for the blue beetle movie. Glad we're filling yeah, out I the cast. I didn't realize it was going to be in theater. And uh, George Lopez is also in it. Uh, there's been a bu- like yeah. a bunch of Latino actors got cast. I feel like this is going to be Black Panther, but for the Latino community, which is dope. Possibly. I just hope it doesn't get too corny because when you, you put George Lopez in something, <laughs> it, it tends to get corny. He going to just be there for comedic thing. But the fact that Sharon Stone is in it, that's dope. Very dope. But uh, like I said, I, I for, to, totally forgot that I was going to be in theaters. I think that's Wild. Yeah, because of the backlight. Well, it's it's, it's going to be both HBO Max and theaters because yeah. people were like, damn, so the Latino superhero relegated to HBO Max and then they were like, well, fuck it, we'll put it in theaters. Hi, I'm going to see in theater. Same. Um, so not only do we get that in August, but we get the House of the Dragon as it was finally announced the premiere August 21st. Not really that excited for it. I'm going to watch it, oh, but punks. like, I, I know you are, but like, oh, man. I just know what happens to the Targaryens. They go out like chumps. Danny goes out like a bitch. Like, I know what happens. Like, granted, it'll be cool seeing some, some dragons fly, maybe seeing some people ride some dire wolves, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be cool just to be back in the world, honestly. That's where That's I'm fair. at. Like, I just kind of want to see some stories told in the world. And I'm glad it won't be Benny off and Weiss anymore, so maybe that'll be fire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, we had some One Piece news as they cast the Bro, I don't even know why you put this shit in here! <laughs> but like, was that Going Mary stuff? Was that April Fool's joke or was that what it was supposed no, to be? No, that was real! All that, that shit is, all that shit's real! I don't even... Well, my, my thing about it is like, of course it looks like a more realistic goat because in the show, that's what the goats look like. Yeah, bro. Look, man. 
My thing is this. I, I told Chris of this, and I'm telling you this. I don't want to talk about this damn One Piece series no more because it's going to be ass. Only thing that's cool is that Jamie Lee Curtis was like, I want to play Kareha. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis, deep cut. But I don't think, I don't give a fuck about this Shanks guy. I'm only watching this after I hear from other people if it's good. That's how bad it is because the studio who made this failed us with Bebop. It's the same people who made Bebop. So how am I supposed to trust this One Piece shit? Name, you're not even going to watch it? You know I'm going to watch it, but I'm only going to watch it after I hear from other people if it's good or not. All right, all right. I'm just like so anti-anime live actions until it goes to like HBO or Amazon. I don't trust fucking Netflix. I just don't. I'm, my guess right now is that the My Hero live action as which will probably, it probably won't come out for another <laughs> few years. But like when it does, that's going to be the one. Yeah, that's just going to be Cause great. Because that's going to be Warner Brothers. They know how H- to make that. Yeah, man. That's going to be Warner Brothers and HBO. I'm hyped for that. That's just going to be gas. That, that's going to be the one that works. Yeah, I agree. Also, hopefully, you know, maybe we get some, some Trigon action, some HBO stuff, if this Tokyo Vice stuff works. But we'll get to that. Uh, so let's go into the trailers. Let's start with a few mentions of some. Um, like I saw, the, so I don't. I guess when you mentioned before off air that you didn't know who Marcel the Shell was. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that. You told me not to. <laughs> yeah, you know you don't really need to, but he, apparently Marcel the Shell. Not apparently, I know this for a fact. Was a big hit on YouTube when I was a kid. Ah, uh, okay. And like, especially with like the girls, because I thought that. It was hilarious. And it's okay. like this little shell with a little eyeball and it has shoes on. And okay. like he just says like these really kind of morbid things. <laughs> and it's going to be like a whole show about like this shell trying to see, find all the other shells. And it's going to like be on the news and shit like that. Crazy. That's wild. Oh, also yeah. breaking news. Lakers not making the play. It just happened. <laughs> Gotta let people know. Have my top 10 pick ready, Anthony. Have it ready. Y'all, look, real quick. Pelly's getting the top 10 pick, and the Lakers don't have no... Man, suck my dick, Anthony. All right, back to the movies. <laughs> All right, uh, the other one, I guess you can talk about is Top Gun. Maverick. Oh, yeah, it looks I pretty good. Some of it. You didn't, why, you didn't like it? Well, I mean, it's just like the part where they're like... Tom Cruise is, yeah, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I did. Okay. So when I watched this, I was like, man, can Tom Cruise stop doing roles that she is too old for? Like Tom Cruise needs to transition into an older actor. Like he is no young, no longer 25 years old, bro. Like, I'm sorry. You're not And like him being like, yeah, I'm no longer a teacher. I'm the I'm the wild guy still trying to make it in here as a captain. I'm still a, a hot young gun. But oh, no, my partner's son, who I killed, is here. So now I have to grow up a little bit. Nice. Like, that's what this movie's going to be. But I, I'm going to watch it. Miles Teller's in it looks pretty good. Uh, the guy, the, they had some other good actors in it that looks pretty good. But... It's just Tom the other Cruise part that Tom made me eye roll was like when they were the like, football scene. Yeah, they, they flip over to Val Kilmer and it's like Iceman said that you were the guy for the job. <laughs> like, oh it felt very 80s. It definitely felt 80s-ish. Yes. So, but also, like, they use drones now. <laughs> so, like, 
Top Gun is not really relevant. <laughs> no, that's also the thing. It's just like, it's not like a, something that happens really that often now. And this movie's two years old. We were supposed to have this movie in 2019. Yeah. Or three years old. Jeez. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how hype I am for it, but the trailer was just running. Yeah, for real. Um, so let's talk about the offer since we're talking about Miles Teller. He's okay. starring in this one about the telling of the Godfather. And how now this I'll watch. This looks good. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot since all the castings. I think they did a really good job with it so far from what I'm seeing. Uh, I was really surprised to see Juno Temple speaking an American accent. Oh, yeah. And Dan and, Fogler, big role for him, man. Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, yeah. I think, honestly, he's one of the only people who found that the Harry Potter franchise saved his career. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, so good for him for getting something good out of being it, in it, Harry Potter. And good for Matthew Good, too. Haven't seen him, I feel, since Watchmen. <laughs> oh yeah like, Matthew Good's in this I'm interested in this man and then I'm I'm interested in Giov- Giovanni Ribisi and what the mob's gonna do to try to stop this like in the story oh, of yeah. like in the trailer they were like you think we can get Pacino well we're gonna get Brando oh he's a nutcase so like I'm interested yeah. in all of that shit no it's gonna be a really cool series I, I didn't I, for a while I thought it was a movie but and I like that series. it's a series it's giving me winning time vibes but with the best sort movie of. ever yeah so I wish they would do what winning time does with the camera that would be pretty yeah cool. that would be better yeah you're right like now after I've seen winning time do that I'm like I want all my yeah like, I in agree. Era to like do that I agree um let's talk about the staircase HBO Max series was it, who's that starring? Who, Hugh Tony Rams? Collette? No. no, no, Tony Collette. Colin no, uh, Firth. What's his name? Colin Firth. I yeah. always get that mixed up. So it looks yeah. pretty good. He's getting American. he's getting framed for murder for murdering Tony Collette, and like there's some some True conspiracy story. going on with his family and all this. I'm watching it. Classic uh murder mystery of the month, but I'm more excited for the Andrew Garfield murder mystery than this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think there's a few murder stuff, murderish vibe yeah. stuff on here, and like I think Staircase is right in the middle. Yeah, under the banner of heaven, and it looks really, really good. And now that we know the story, like under a banner of heaven looks good. Uh, like Andrew Garfield literally said, saw Kate Winslet kill it with Mary Easttown. It was like, all right, I can do this. Give me a yeah, real he's, quick. He's like, hold my hat. I think he's going for the EGOT. He has the Oscar. Is it Tony? I think he, but he does plays. I don't think he has a Tony. Yeah, the, the hard thing for him is going to be the Grammy. That's going to be the hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, like, he does a musical that gets a Tony but wins a Grammy. That's how he's going to do it. So that's what he'd have to do, I guess, or be in a movie. Because, I mean, you can win Grammys for, for movie yeah, soundtrack. True. Movie songs, right? True, 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 true. So. And you can win Grammys for stand up. Not that Andrew Garfield's going to do stand-up, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to be one of the best series of the summer. Of the year, yeah, lives. man. That comes in a couple of weeks. We're going to be reviewing that shortly, April 29th. Yeah, April 29th. So, yeah, start of the summer, May. Yeah, I'm going to be a big, big lead-in. We got a lot of good shows starting this week. Next week's episode is going to be awesome. 
I mean, starting a few weeks ago, I mean, with wind yeah. time going on, Atlanta going well, on. Well, I mean, shit, started since Peacemaker. Yeah, I guess. No, there was a little lull. There was a two weeks. Yeah, there was two weeks. You're we right. talked about it. Oh, also, we're going to have to talk about Atlanta next week. I did, Curse made me wait to watch it because she was finishing season two. Well, I feel like we got enough with Moon Knight and... Yeah, in winning uh, time. Winning time, so... Fair. And with all these stories. So, uh, speaking of, we got a few more trailers let's talk about men real quick it's i can't even remember any of the names but it's alex garland film one chick is like wrapped in guilt of like her husband husband dying yeah same dude she keeps seeing in this village it's weird yeah it's fucking strange yeah i'll 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 definitely watch this as well just because of the the freaky factor but like i'll probably watch in october Dude was playing a priest with his hair looking all weird. Then playing the creepy stalker down the street. The pro, like this guy, man, he went for the game. Like a like, kid. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it was just weird. Um, and then Duel with Karen Gillum and Aaron Paul has an interesting concept. I thought when I watched it, I thought it was going to be way worse. <laughs> interesting and concept. Then, like, I just don't know if I like this. I just don't know if the, the studio is like put enough money into it. Like, it just feels cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, sucks. the sheer fact that, like, I think this is the first time we've noticed it. Yeah, or even heard anything about it. Yeah, like, may- maybe I'm wrong, but maybe we did talk about it initially. I don't think so. But, yeah, it, it looks low budget. It looks super the, low the budget. The concepts are really, really awesome. I feel. And not that so. low budget things can't succeed, but it just, it's just, I, 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 I like when low budget movies don't feel low budget. Whereas this one, it it feels like it's this cheap. Yeah, it, it feels, and it makes you kind of wonder, like, what happened when it got chopped. Yeah, like, why did yeah. no one pick it up? Why? why is, yeah, why is RGAE Films just re- releasing it for rent in theaters? Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. If I can watch for free, I watch it. Same. Uh, slow slow horses on apple tv has got gary oldman it's about mi5 agents of this like looks the good worst, the worst mi5 agents in this like group that gary oldman is leading and they kind of you know get into some spy work but yep. they're all like the worst of the worst so i'm interested in like, this this looks great how will they fuck it up yeah they, he called them his losers like i'm very yeah. interested in this like will this be comedy will this be more serious the fact that he called them his losers like I'm in it, and you know Gary Oldman, one of the best. So I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, I think it could be pretty good. I think it's on Hulu. No, I thought it or was no, Apple TV. Yeah, I think Apple it's Apple TV. TV. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Shining Girls with Elizabeth Moss, I feel like this is the bottom of the barrel of murder mystery. Yeah, when I started out watching this trailer, I was like, "Oh, this could be interesting," and then as as it got farther on, I was like, "This makes no sense." Yeah, it just looked weird. Like, I, why was Elizabeth Moss kept changing her hair? Like, well, why was it like four different people had four different stalkers that all were the same stalker? Yeah, and just I didn't get that. Didn't understand it, but you know, Elizabeth Moss always doing weird shit that turns out good. Like, Invisible Man looked bad from the trailer. Turned out to be a good movie. She has Handmaid's Tale. Maybe we'll like this. Maybe she just isn't good in trailers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I trust Apple TV and some of the stuff that we'll talk about down the line that they're putting together you know, are some good stuff. So we'll see exactly. how this one comes out. Hopefully it's uh, good. And I think that's it for the trailers. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Another bit of Marvel news here. Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Nova, 
is going to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe as uh, Marvel's in development of a Nova project. Who knows when, though? Scribe, Saber, <laughs> Prezada on board to write. Like you Kevin know, Feige think, still doesn't even have Blade out yet. <laughs> well, I think you know you can get a TV series done pretty quickly. Yeah, true. I think they can get one out before twenty. But I think Nova should be a movie, man. Like Nova's a, a movie's character. Just depends on how like they want to fit Nova in. True. True, 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 true. And it's interesting that he's not going to be in Gunn's final Guardians. That just tells me that exactly. that tells me he's just ready to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I think like this is this writer who did Moon Knight, his opportunity to be like, hey, like I want to be in on this. Yeah, do, I'm doing the cosmic do stuff now. Yeah. Let me get into the cosmic world. Yeah. So, so interesting. maybe we'll be talking about this guy down the line. Maybe. Um so Voltron, they're trying a live action movie. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that Netflix? Uh, well, it's the same. It's the director who did Red Notice. Oh, okay, okay. But I who's the, stu- the studio? Netflix. Is it is it legendary? Is it that? Yeah, that's no, all. they don't have more than a person. They don't have okay, a person yet. It's because it's like something in the interview where they're like, "Yeah, this is something that we're not going to be able to do for a while." I even saying the story. He's already said to make two more Red Notice movies, so he isn't expected to be on. This is not going to be a fast-moving project. Oh, I feel like this is going to be just developmental hell. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like He-Man. Yeah, which we're never getting. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Voltron. I mean, look, honestly, Voltron could be a good movie. Like, if they... Voltron could work more now than it could in the past. Like, Yeah, with the CGI. Pacific Rims and Yep, Godzilla Kong. Thanks. It, so, it could look yeah, good. You could, you could do it, and especially like if it's something that's not going to get made until like 2024, 2025. Even be better CGI. Yeah, so. facts, 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 facts. Um, so they're gonna make a prequel to it. It's gonna be a series called Welcome to Dairy on HBO Max. Bo- it will oh, begin in the 1960s. Okay. Yeah, in the time <laughs> leading up to the events of It Part One. Uh, story is also said to be an origin story for Pennywise, Andy Muschietti. Who directed the two it films is attached to executive produce along with a uh, barbara machete and jason fuchs according to sources the machetes and fuchs developed the story for the show and fuchs is writing the script andy machete would also direct the first episode should the project go to series are so you I excited think, for I think this based on i think it's going to be pretty good and i think it's better that it's a series because it, okay as itself probably should have been a series yeah probably it's, so. It's just, so more it's stuff to tell story. yeah 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 yeah. um so i think like it could probably serve to be a pretty good horror series as we've seen with some of the ones that are on netflix that are pretty good you know you can do a horror series and have it be pretty successful so i well, think on hill be, house yep yeah so, so i think with andy machete attached to be such so involved and have it be an hbo max property i think they'll it'll be pretty good yeah i, I agree okay you you you've convinced me. Yeah. Uh, at first, I was a little bit suspect on it when I read. It. I was yeah, like, I'm just like oh it gosh, TV show that's a prequel. Like I'm with you. I'm if it was gonna be made in TV, then do the the actual it story. But now we're doing a prequel. But Muschietti's coming back, so and you, you you did a good job convincing me. I might not watch it, but I'm not as hating on it as I was before. Well, and you know, Pennywise makes it. Yeah. True. So, what are the stakes? Yeah. 
so Fallout or the Fallout TV series has cast its lead role, Ella Purnell. There's no description for her character, but um, she's most recently been in Yellow Jackets, um, but she's going to be cast with Walter Goggins in the lead role for Fallout. So good for All right. Nice. Good for her. Yeah. Um, so HBO Max taking another property, making it into a series. A Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes film universe is expanding into TV, HBO Max, and early development of two shows tied to the films. Uh, the shows will be set in the 2009-2011 Sherlock Holmes world with Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes and Jude Law's John Watson. Um, according to the sources, the two shows would each focus on a new character that would be introduced in Sherlock Holmes 3. And um, Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey are going to produce the show. Damn, so it's not going to be about Sherlock Holmes? It's just set no. in that world? It better yeah, not be Enola Holmes. It better not be his sister. Well, if it is, then it's going to be more stakes and given more than the Millie Bobby the Brown. Cap, yeah. <laughs> but what a slap in the face to Millie Bobby Brown if that's what that is. Well, I mean, that would be huge for HBO to do. It's be like, hey, you know, Netflix, this was a show that did really well for y'all. We're going to put a series out on it, probably getting better numbers. <laughs> yeah, it'd kill. <laughs> with, with Robert Downey Jr. involved to make cameos. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Henry Cavill. Iron Man's bigger. <laughs> um, so Jason Momoa, he is going to star, write, and executive produce in the drama series Chief of War for Apple TV. The series follows the story of the unification and colonization of Hawaii from an indigenous point of view. Ooh, Apple has given big. the show in eight-episode order. This could yeah, be this his anything. Yeah, yeah, like this is about his people. This is like a passion project. I'm actually really interested in this like Momoa stepping into write and executive produce. Like, I feel like this is going to be his game changer for his career. Yeah. This is him making a pivot point. Yeah. Like I'm, I've done enough Cal Drogo, Aquaman, bearded action guys. Now I want to show you I'm a creative and Apple believes in him because he did see for them. Yeah. Which was a big, which is a good him. show. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to see what he does with that. It should be pretty pretty big time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, will The Rock be involved? Will Roman Reigns be involved? Some of the Hawaiian people, like that's something I'm going to be interested to see. I think that's something they would definitely do with him. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, so Catherine Bigelow, she is going to direct Aurora for Netflix based on David uh, Quip's upcoming thriller novel. Um, if you don't remember that guy's name, he is the guy who wrote screenplays for Mission Impossible 1 and Jurassic Park. Um, Netflix announcement of the project on Twitter says that the film follows characters who are, cropping, who are, who are coping with the collapse of the social order set against a catastrophic worldwide power crisis. The novel's blurb sets the story in Aurora, Illinois, where Aubrey Wheeler and her teenage son are forced to fend for themselves in the wake of a massive power outage. Wheeler's estranged brother, a Silicon Valley CEO, has built a bunker in the desert for such an apocalyptic event, and their reunion leads to reckonings on a global and personal scale. Okay, interesting. Go it Catherine Bigelow. But it is Netflix. Yeah, that's the thing. But I do trust Catherine Bigelow. She makes hits. She does, but she also makes misses. Yeah, she does have misses. That's true. That's true. 
Ooh, so. I hope Netflix isn't a miss for her. Uh, they they will need it. Yeah, they definitely so will. I think casting is going to play a role. In Ca- that. Yeah, casting is going to be key for this for sure. And like, the thing is, what it, it's a thriller, but like set against the catastrophic worldwide power crisis. What is this? Is it science fiction? Like, where are we? What it's time? Certainly science fiction. Yeah. So like, and it's going to be I'm, around now. It's just going to be like an alternate of like, if what if our power grid just got shut down? Okay. All right, well, I'm going to be interested in this. See what happens. Um, so Netflix, we got another story for them. This is about their realities, reality shows. They've announced that a new reality show uh, is coming soon, and it's going to feature the stars from Too Hot to Handle, Love is Blind, The Circle, Selling Tampa, and more. Probably The Ultimatum that just came out today. Um, singles from Netflix reality shows have done some crazy things to find love, but they're still single. In this new series, they will couple up to match each other and themselves in hopes of finding the perfect match. Oh, wow. <laughs> this um, sounds so pretty this interesting. Is the, the Netflix challenge, pretty much, but a dating show. Everybody coming together. Love is blind, the circle, too hot to. Ha- okay, I'm interested in this. Like, Will they bring Shake back from Love is Bond season two? The ultimate villain. Is Shane coming back? That's what I, I want to know. Coming back. Is is that girl from Too Hot to Handle coming back? The one that you can't stand, Chloe. Chloe? Well, <laughs> since she's been on the circle and too, too hot to handle, she probably She's is. a veteran, yeah. Um, but I think this is a really great concept for Netflix. Something we really need to do because what's really working for them are these reality shows. Yeah, I agree. So I agree 100 So make make really lean into that. Um, but also with that, they uh, have renewed Love is Blind through five seasons. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Indian Matchmaking was picked up for seasons two and three. Love on the Spectrum, which aired two seasons in Australia, has only been well, has been renewed for the U.S. version set for this year. OK. What's that show about? Love on the Spectrum. It's about people who are like have autism. Oh, OK. I should have like, known this Love hmm. on the Spectrum. Yeah, that's awesome for them. Cool. It's a, my girlfriend really likes the show, and it gives you a different perspective on people. I'm down for that. Yeah, um, and any matchmaking was a good one too. Okay. So the Academy Award nominee Eddie Murphy is in talks to play Funk Legend and Parliament Funkadelic leader George Clinton in an upcoming. Oh, this biopic. is huge! This is his Oscar Dubbed, push. Yeah, dubbed the Godfather of Funk, Clinton is a rock and roll hall of famer as well as a grammy lifetime achievement award winner and widely regarded as one of the most important innovators of the music genre along with james brown and sly stone without him rock doesn't sound like it does today it's true uh the development the developing project is said to chronicle clinton's life and legacy from his childhood in the 40s in north carolina to the formation of his groundbreaking bands parliament and the funkadelic in the 1960s this is huge man this is eddie murphy making his oscar push i like it eddie murphy like george clinton is such a big figure uh if you know Redbone, that's george clinton uh childish gambino just basically you know i'm not gonna say copied his swag but did the george clinton thing if you've never heard uh if you remember good burger when they say she drives me on and on and on and on out She's a freak. That's George Clinton. Never missing up beat. And he's in it too. He's the uh whole he's the dude, uh the the mental patient with the dreads. Did he happen to be at the, the Blackwood Star? 
I don't think so. Mm. Nah, it that 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 was Funkadelic. Like they do a soul. That's a that's a two different types of music styles. He would have been at Woodstock. That. Woodstock. I do I do like some Parliament. I've listened to their album before. Parliament is great. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be a big one, Freddie Murphy. Yeah, this is huge, Fred. Huge. huge. Hopefully, he can pull uh, it off. So hopefully, he can. Uh, you know, I, again, it goes back to that conversation where we were talking about. I was like, okay, so this is his Oscar push because it's a biopic. Yep. And yeah. the thing is, George Clinton's pretty funny, so Eddie can use his comedy tropes too. Yeah, I think you know Dole might kind of really set them. Set yep, him for set him up for that for sure. So Spy Kids is going to be reboot with at Netflix. Robert Rodriguez, who uh, created the original series, is going to return for the reboot, and he's gonna, he's going to write and direct. A lot of details have not been revealed, but the next generation of Spy Kids will revolve around the activities of a multicultural family. Hey, at least he's doing it. Because if not, I'd be like, "Fuck this." I mean, we saw Book of Boba. He's ready. Yeah, he is. And uh, like the last thing he made for. Netflix, that Shark Boy and Lava Girl reboot or whatever people loved. So, oh, really? Yeah. Well, like kids loved it. You remember we talked yeah. about it where they were older? Yeah. I never saw it. Yeah. I didn't watch it either. Yeah. I'm just saying, my, like, my niece, my niece loved it. Wow. Or like my godchild, not my niece. My brother does not have a kid. <laughs> uh, so, Kid Cuddy, he's set to make his feature directorial debut with a new Netflix movie called Teddy, a project mm. he's also written and will star in. Okay. It's as if I took, he says that it's as if I took the song Pursuit of Happiness and wrote a movie about it. I added a lot of my own personal struggles and experiences in it. So this film is very co- close to my heart. Dude saw it's Euphoria project. and was like, I'm about to make me my own drug Euphoria. Sam Levinson told his tr- troubles with drug addiction. Kid Cuddy, I'm telling mine. Uh, this project is going to be produced by the Harder They Fall filmmaker. Uh, how do you say his name? James, James Samuel. Sa- yeah, it's just James. James Samuel. All right. Yep. And Jay Z. And uh, and Jay Z. Nice. Okay. Good for Kid Cudi. Yeah. This is gonna. I feel like this is gonna be serious. It it is gonna oh, have yeah. some party aspects to it, some depression aspects to it. I I wouldn't be surprised if this was a teenage story, and it's gonna be about drugs. Yeah. All right. Pursuit, that's what Pursuit of Happiness is, the song. Yeah, I, that's when he said that. I feel like that's just the best description you could possibly give. Like, we, yeah. we understand what you're talking about now. Like, we know. Like, that song was in Project X. Like, I get it. Yeah. So, that, I thought that was a pretty interesting story that, you know, Netflix hitting, hitting and missing. Hitting and that's Sorry. always just hits and misses. So, Bridgerton star Nicola Colin. Um, Sex Education star Amy Lee, Lou Wood and Trills Lolly Adafe are going to lead a comedy called Seize Them, written by Andy Riley, who wrote Broadens Gone Wrong. Seize Them is a female-led comedy set in the Dark Ages Britain, where Queen Dagon is toppled by a revolution led by Humble Joan. The queen becomes a fugitive in her own land with a hefty bounty on her head with the help of Shulme, a former servant with a lot of secrets, and Bobic, a shit shoveler who wants more out of life. Queen Dagon must face hardship and danger as she embarks on a voyage to win back her throne. Nick Frost is cast as the ship shoveler. Okay. Interesting. I need to see a trailer, but like, interesting premise. 
yeah, I think they picked some pretty funny actresses. Yeah. And, you know, throwing in Nick Frost gives it a little bit of credibility. Credibility and understanding of the type of comedy that they're going for. Yeah, good point. I think that the type of comedy they're going for in in this world is going to be funny. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like movie of the year, but I think it's going to be a solid movie. A good good couple of laughs. Yeah. I, I think this is a pretty good one. I'm with you. City on Fire, Apple TV Plus's upcoming drama series from creators Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage has added nine new cast members, some notable faces. But what's really interesting here is the synopsis because I don't think we've talked about it. Okay. Based on Garth Risk's Garth Risk Hallberg's 2015 novel of the same name, City on Fire is set in 2003 New York when an NYU student named Samantha is shot in Central Park with no witnesses and a very little physical evidence. As the crime is investigated, Samantha is revealed to be the crucial connection between a series of mysterious citywide fires, the, the downtown music scene, and wealthy uptown real estate family fraying under the strain of many secrets they keep. Samantha's friend Charlie stops at nothing to unravel what happened. I guess because like I'm watching The Wire right now, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about 2003, and yeah. especially like you know just move into a different city and have like a bunch of different elements of like that life have all these secrets that are going to get unraveled <laughs> i'm like give it to me i hope this is good hopefully like i'm interested to know the corruption and how does this murder tie into all these fires and i'm interested give me the web of lies but casting is going to be key yeah like i said they added a bunch of people into the cast you if you look on it you see like people that you've seen in good stuff before okay just like if i start if i started listing names you wouldn't know people who people listening would be like, well, I don't know who these people are. I have to look it up. Yeah, let me I'm I'm Googling it right now. Let's see. Let's see who we got. Oh, and it's a remake of a uh of a um whatchamacallit show of a Japanese uh story. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice, okay. All right, got so it. Yeah. Got, so got I mean cast. that kind of excites me about it even more, really. Okay. Uh Jamita Kirky is is great. I like her. Okay, yeah. And Nico Tortorelli. Okay. Yeah, oh, Ahmed like Tai. Yeah, okay. They do have a pretty good cast. But it is a bunch of... Oh, that guy. Yeah. Wyatt Olaf. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, another Apple TV series I'm really interested in. So, keep it I up, agree. Apple. Here's your girl, Victoria Pedretti. Nice. She signed on for a lead role in an upcoming Hulu drama series called Saint X. Let's go, The Victoria. series is based on Alexis, an Alexis Shaken novel of the same name. It is described as a psychological drama, which is told via multiple timelines and perspectives. It's a show about how a young woman's mysterious death, including during an idyllic Caribbean vacation, uh, creates a traumatic ripple effect that eventually pulls her surviving sister into a dangerous pursuit of the truth. Pedretti will star as Emily, a sharp and ambitious woman who is carefully constructed, seemingly perfect. Oh, whose carefully constructed, seemingly perfect life begins to crumble. Ooh, okay. Nice. This sounds interesting. Good for Victoria Pedretti. I'm watching this. I'm all in. I have season tickets to the Victoria Pedretti career. I will watch anything she puts out. Yeah, just added someone else today to that cast. Wes Dukovny which I've never seen. It's related to David Duchovny. 
Oh, okay. Maybe I was thinking that she learned something. West Duchovny. Nice. Okay. West. <laughs> All right. Who we got next. Anyway, FX has ordered a limited series based on the ESPN 30 for 30 podcast, The Sterling Affairs, with Lawrence, Fish, Lawrence Fishburne and Jackie Weaver attached to star. The six episode series tells the behind the scenes story of Dark Rivers and Los Angeles Clippers' quest to bring a championship to one of the historically worst franchises in all of sports during the impending downfall of the team's owner, Donald Sterling, whose notoriously racist behavior is brought to light in the power struggle between his wife of 60-plus years, Shelly Sterling, and his mistress, V. Stevano. No, it's V. Stiviano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know her name. V. Stiviano, baby. I'm interested in this. After winning time, give me more of these. But this feels like it's going to be more like the OJ story that FX did and more like uh, the uh, the one that they just finished with Beanie Feldstein. This is going to be really great. interesting to me because like I've listened to some of that podcast and some of that podcast is really basketball heavy. It is. It is. But well, someone's going to have to be playing Chris Paul. I feel like the drama. No, no, you're 100 percent right. But the drama is what it's going to be about. I don't think we're going to see any on the court stuff. But some of what happens on the court matters. to. The I feel like I feel like we'll see the game that they that they uh. Like, I don't think we'll be seeing, like, game action. I, the, but the but pregame like, with the shirts? They'll be yeah, on the court, no, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll see that for sure. Yeah. So for sure. I, but I'm I, I thought this was really interesting. I was like, damn. And Lawrence Fishburne is Doc Rivers? That's a that's huge. I'm into that. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne yeah. is one of the best actors of all time. Someone asked Doc on the podium this week how he feels about it. What do he say? I don't know. I'm just saying someone do it. Oh, so oh, you said someone do it. Okay. I thought you said someone did it. My bad. No. Uh, so Apple is adapting the Blake Crouch novel Dark Matter as a series with Joel Edgerton set to star. The nine episode series will follow Jason Deason, played by Edgerton, a physicist, professor, and family man who one night while walking home on the streets of Chicago is abducted into an alternate version of his life. Wonder quickly turns to nightmare when he tries to return to his reality amid the multiverse of lives he could have lived. In this labyrinth of mind-bending realities, he embarks on a harrowing journey to get back his true family and save them from the most terrifying, unbeatable foe imaginable himself. Bro, ever since Marvel, all these old multiverse stories that Hollywood always used to have are just coming out, baby. They're like, oh, yeah, you remember when I said that we had this different dimension story? We're just making it. You get a multiverse story. You get a multiverse story. You all get multiverse stories. I'm sick of the multiverse now. I feel you. Um, I feel like this is Apple being like, I've looking at themselves and being like, okay, so some of our most successful shows are these creepy mind bending ones. Yeah. We're going to keep giving it to you. And it reminds me of the net. Oh, well, no, not the Netflix, the new movie that's coming out with, um, Oh, what's the lady's name from crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. Oh. It's out. Oh well, yeah. You know what seen I'm I've seen crit- critics have already been talking about it. And then like, it's already got a rotten tomato score. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything, something. I'm typing in multiverse movie just so I can see what it is. Why is Entangled the first thing that comes up? <laughs> oh, the uh, this is what it is. Uh, the, the, and well, the, critic said, the critic said this, this spectacular multiverse movie has Marvel beat. 
it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that's it. With Michelle Yao. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hers is great. Yeah. So, but just because that's great doesn't mean this will be great. And Joel Edgerston, he's he's hit or miss. We'll see how Star Wars does for him in a couple of months. True. I guess a month now. Man, that's Uncle Owen. You got me saying true. That's nice shit. I, just, I can't Uncle believe Owen's I... got a role. He's, he's at least going to be in the. He's going to he be in one episode. Gonna that, he's going to show up those first two episodes. Just one. He's going to do one. And he's about to fight a Jedi. I'm going to do his shit. Or he's about to almost get killed. That's what's going to happen. Um, so, the next story Netflix is going to do another documentary. It's going to explore the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Finch. Ooh, it's hard. It's called White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Finch. It will debut on, Net- on Netflix April 19th. Uh, director is Allison Clayman, who most recently did a, a Alanis Morissette documentary called Jagged last year. White Hot explores the rise in popularity of, ca- of casual wear retail chain Abercrombie and Fitch, which was founded in the 1800s during the late 90s. Hmm? So eight what? Oh, you, it you, was you, found, you did that too, right? It was founded it was, in the 1800s during the late 90s under the leadership you. of CEO Mike Jeffries. The store became known for its sexualized advertisement and its emphasis on an all-American look, aka white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as the store developed the dominance in the retail world off its brand, growing criticisms regarding discriminatory hiring and marketing practices eventually engulfed it in scandal. Oh, look, every time I went to Abercrombie, I went to Abercrombie Fitch twice and I never went it again because, bro, they definitely were racial profiling me when I went there. They, they stared, okay. they followed, like 100%. And like, I always had money and my mom got fed up. She was like, I'm a lawyer and I could sue you for this shit. We're buying something here. You're not following any of the white people. And she was like, my son's never buying nothing here ever again. And I never did. I don't even think they have stores anymore, right? No, they should not. I want to see it. Yeah, because I don't, you know, I never really realized that they had actually like fallen off the map. Yeah. And the crazy thing is American Eagle still pushing. Still pushing. But that's because they weren't racist. Abercrombie and Fitch was racist before cancel culture. Like they were really racist. They got canceled. That's real canceling. <laughs> yeah. No OG cancel train. Yeah. Abercrombie and Fitch and fucking Hollister. <laughs> Hollister. I just saw Hollister store in Birmingham. Okay. There's so. not one in Lafayette anymore. Uh, um, so next, some smaller little short stories Bridgerton prequel about the rise of Queen Charlotte at the cast Bridgerton season two out right now it's, it's just fine that's <laughs> because first season they missing Ray Ray they missing they're missing Ray J Page man he's a better leading guy than the guy that's leading right now that's what everybody's been saying uh so hard knocks this year Detroit Lions excited nice this should be good I think like dumpster fire I, yeah, Hard Knocks is way more interesting when it's dumpster fire. Like the Cleveland Browns two years ago. It was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Jared Goff sucks going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think they're going to try and get a quarterback. So that would be Ooh, interesting to see. Like, quarterback, quarterback controversy. <laughs> or like, you know, the Saints posted today. They were like, who's going to get Blake Bortles? 
we just released them. Or I guess CBS Sports really said something. Yeah, right? I was like, about to say the season. Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's he going to go to next? Because we got Andy Dalton. The Lions. Yeah, probably. Um, so speaking of football, the USFL is going to kick off its inaugural season on April 16th. But not just that, it's also going to launch a new behind-the-scenes docuseries aimed at getting fans more interested in spring football efforts. United by Football, a 16-episode documentary series produced by the league, NFL Films, and Fox Sports, uh, are is going to be made um, about the USFL, and it's and both the games are going to be on both Fox and NBC. And the one-hour series premiere will debut of the series on Fox, leading up to the first game between the Generals and the Stallions. Oh, this is about the debut. Yeah. And it's only gonna be in Birmingham, so I'm okay. Probably gonna go to a few games. Oh yeah, check that out. That should be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna try and see if I can see this documentary crew around town. They're gonna be doing it for the next two months. Ooh, that'd be hard. So the other the other thing I have here, not the last one. Some uh, another sports thing. Some people who tune into ESPN two for the April sixth NBA matchup between the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks may think they've gone back in time because the game will open in black and white and use graphics that evoke ABC's nineteen sixties coverage. Then later on, probably quarter by quarter, it'll shift to a look that mirrors the CBS and NBA telecast from the nineteen seventies and eighties. And at the end, it should look like, or they're going to use. NBC's to the 1990s. Yeah. And that's today. So cool. I'm going to check that out tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, Archive 81. Netflix canceled after one season. Boo. Boo. Netflix Why? trash. Just, that, was actually, that was a show that actually was really critically acclaimed. Getting just, just making shows, canceling shows. But y'all are more concerned about password sharing no, stop spending money on all these stupid television shows and movies. And maybe y'all wouldn't have to charge for password sharing. Like, what the fuck? Stupid stuff, man. Stupid stuff. That's like one of those head shakers for Netflix. Big time. Um, so Seth Rogen joins Bill Murray and Aziz Ansari and Aziz Ansari's movie that we talked about a couple weeks yeah. back called Being Mortal. So that's nice. Pretty good cast. Ran together. Should be pretty funny. Yep, hopefully it's good. Um, and the last thing we got, Bruce Willis is going to retire from acting. Yeah, because he got a the, disease. A disease that messes with the speech. Yeah, and Jim and Carrey bad might retire. Talking some shit. Yeah, Jim Carrey might retire. Damn, and Triple H retired from wrestling. The one thing I wanted to mention about Bruce Willis is like, before I saw the stuff about the acting stuff, I had been thinking about your Batman stuff. Yeah. And I was like, could Bruce Willis be Mr. Freeze? Ooh, Bruce Willis could have been a, would have been an interesting Mr. Freeze. Is he not good? And I was also thinking because of all of his Razzie nominations, I was like, is he just not good anymore? But then this stuff comes out and like, I I get it. Yeah. Oh, man. Mr. Freeze. I still, Brian Cranston still up there. Good one. Yeah, I'm going to come up with a better one, though. We'll do Batman castings, and I'll bring all of them once I make part three on TikTok. We'll probably do that, like, not next week, but week after. Yeah, something like that. Because we still got to talk about the Halo series next week. Like, Oh, God. I haven't even seen that. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it either. 
Uh, all right. Anyway, let's go to movie on the rise. Yeah, it's that time for where we suggest one movie or TV show or multiple that's coming out this week that we think is worth checking out. It's called Movie on the Rise. And I got it is the week of the dawn. It's DeWitt's week. Close enough is coming out tomorrow, April 7th. And Tokyo Vice, the Jake Adelstein story with Ansel Elgort and Ken Watanabe. And I said this on TikTok. I said, look, I understand Ansel Elgort has a shitty accusation. And if he's found guilty, we'll throw him underneath the jailhouse and we won't support him. But until then, I'm going to separate the art from the artist because I love Yakuza content. I love Ken Watanabe. I love Japanese culture. This is everything I want to see. It's a noir directed by Michael Mann, who directed Heat. Nah, bro. I'm in. We're reviewing this next week. Close enough as well. Like, let's fucking go. HBO Max, coming to you. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm just happy we got close enough. And Young Justice is back? Yeah, they just come back. The arc is interesting. It's the Aquaman arc, huh? Yeah, I like, that's the part of the arc I like. Yeah, I know, I'm excited. Um, so my movie on the rise stuff, we got the ultimatum on Netflix, which nice. is probably not a reality show you want to watch with your girlfriends because <laughs> it's all about pop in the question, will they or won't they? Yeah, not doing that. It's like a people people in a house with other couples, and then like they gotta decide with their partner whether or not they want to feeling the pressure. Get married or try and see if they want to get married to someone else in the house. Feeling the pressure, not watching that. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, but it sounds good. I'll watch that by myself. Yeah, Um, for sure. The girl from Plainview. My girlfriend loves it. She likes it. Yeah, I'm watching episode one tonight. I watched the first episode tonight. It's interesting, and I'm ready to get for it to get to the part where where she gets interesting. Yeah, where she gets heated. My girlfriend definitely said it's and, a three episode burn. Like once you well, get yeah, to episode like, three, that's when it gets good. Because nothing really happens in episode one. You're still like at the end of episode one, you're still like, well, let's get to it. Yeah. Um, but Elle Fanning is doing some pretty crazy acting stuff. Like she is doing a good she's, job. She's doing wild. And but the the way that it's shot and directed, I hate. Ooh, okay. It reminds me of a Hallmark t- Damn. So it's not shot well. No, like just some of the stuff is pretty wooden. Like if you watch the episode or whatever, look at like her family members. They're all right. Like, I will. Elle Fanny's family members. They, their acting is rough. And I think it's because of the third direction. That's Damn. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to check it out and see. And then you got um, the Tony the, Hawk doc. Yeah. Yeah. The Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max. I'm definitely watching this. Like definitely this watching. is like Andre the Giant documentary. This is like Michael Vick 30 for 30. Tony Hawk's a legend. I'm glad you put that on there. Great week. So, yeah, next week, y'all be ready because we're talking Tokyo Vice next week. We'll talk some episodes of Close Enough. We won't do the whole season. Maybe, like, just how it's feeling. It kind of depends on what the news is because, like, luckily we kind of did this later in the week, so there might be less news stories and we can talk more about the other stuff because we're about to rush through. Oh, yeah, we can do all shows next week. episodes of Winning Time. Oh, yeah, because we're about to bounce back Sunday. Yeah, we'll just do all reviews next week. Oh, shit. It'll be a big review week. Holy shit. So we'll have Winning Time, Moon Knight, Moon Knight. Tokyo Vice, Close Enough, 
I don't know. Well, if close enough, it'll be a blur because we're not going to talk about the individual episodes. Yeah, no, no. We're just going to talk about just how how the feel of it. Um, yeah. Oh, and maybe Halo. Oh, in Atlanta. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, Atlanta's over Halo. So Atlanta over Halo. So. Yeah, for sure. So That's nice. The first episode of Atlanta Wild. I'm excited. I am ready for it. But Tokyo Vice is what I'm really ready for. If it sucks, I'm gonna be sad. But all right, let's get to Moon Knight. Does not feel like a Marvel show. I watched that first episode. And I was like, is this in Marvel? Like what? Weird. But I will say I was upset that the whole time we didn't get to see any of the action. We just got to see Stephen Grant. Oh, what's going on? Huh? Huh? That shit got annoying after a while. I was like, bro, let me see the Moon Knight shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fine because it was the first episode. And eventually, we're going to get to it. Uh, but if that keeps happening, like, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, that's, that's going to get annoying fast. Yeah, like, we, we got to see it. Like They started showing a little bit at the end. But, like, there's not much really to say about the episode because literally all it was was Stephen Grant working at this museum and then him going as Mark Spector to go get some scarab. He then meets Ethan Hawke, who's running this cult, and he finds out that Ethan Hawke's little gang is everywhere. And he transforms to Moon Knight at the end and beats some niggas' ass. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much all that happens. But I will say it does not feel like anything MCU. It feels like how you first felt when you watched Iron Man. Like, this is something new. I don't know. It didn't feel like an MCU thing to me, though. Felt like I was watching, like, like a, a Warner Brothers movie or TV show. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's mainly because, like, there was nothing heroic about it. Yeah. But nothing had really happened, like, so maybe once we see Moon Knight, then it'll be more, feel more like well, a... Well, and I also feel like when it comes to these TV shows that Marvel's done so far, the first few episodes have been a lot about connectivity. Like, making yeah. sure that you know, this is the MCU, this is... Whereas this was, like, we're introducing you to the character. Timeline. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, true, 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 true. Well, I'm excited for the next episode. That'll be out. Oh, well, you, we'll review it next week, but that'll be out by the time you guys hear this. So hopefully episode two is good. But anything else you got on it? No. Yeah. Winning time. Oh, this last episode was great. I know yeah, we got an episode too. before, but like the episode before, it was all right. The Kareem was, episode was the one. We'll see. Like, I was, if this was, we would have done it last week, I'd have been like, that was the best episode. And then, come to this week i'm like oh what what happened in, last week was when the was when the friend uh died the tarkanian thing yeah wild yeah blew my mind like but we get two crazy death like situations back to back and the whole time this episode i'm like damn how does paul westhead become the coach and then when that dude i thought he was gonna get hit by the car on the bike his bike malfunctions and he i was like what yeah, that shit was wild. Crazy. I thought he was going to hang himself, though. I can't lie. When he went to... I thought he was so sad and just depressed about just life. Oh, I thought he was no. going to hang himself. The episode we were talking about with Tarkanian, that was two, I think. Three oh, was, what was last week? Three was training camp. Oh, yeah. Training camp was fire. Okay, yeah, that was training, a good episode. Training camp was fire, because that was, like, the first kind of glimpses you got. And it was like, of oh, basketball, we yeah. Basketball. Like, yeah. And, I, and the Kareem episode was great, bro. Magic doing the uh in the bow and then the sky hook all of that was awesome i loved see i i think as great as magic's actor's been he's been the best all year but kareem's actor what he did in this by not having a lot of dialogue 
but showing his anger of just being mad at the world for them being racist to him. Seeing that yeah. anger, it was awesome because they didn't convey it in words. You just felt it. It was like, this dude's so used to being treated shittily. That's why he's mad at everybody because y'all were racist to him his whole life. Yeah, I, you know, it puts a lot of perspective into Kareem. And, yep. And, you know, I was thinking And when he high-fives Magic, that was awesome. I was like, fuck yeah, the connection. And I feel like he really needed it too because after episode three, I was like, man, Kareem's kind of a dick. Like, if he would have thought, if he would have, if Kareem would have been playing in today's NBA with as much media presence as around it, like, no one would be giving Kareem any shine for, like, giving up on, like, doing running. Yep. But there's, but that's because he was just, he just hated the world that he was mad at him. He was angry. Yeah. See, that's why it was so good. The fourth episode gave us that. Yeah. No, I agree. I loved all of that. And then seeing the background, like seeing the flashbacks with him, I was like, oh, okay. And I think, oh, go ahead. My bad. I was saying at the end of the episode, um, the magic actor and the cream actor are the ones who are interviewed. And they talked about that scene where Magic finally confronts Kareem. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the, probably the best scene of the show so far. Yeah, that was a great scene in the in the locker room in the uh, training room, and it was the just like, room, yeah. yeah, that was all. That was a great scene. I was about to say, man, Jason Clark is Jerry West. Got to be the best white actor in the show. <laughs> like I, every time dudes on screen, I'm like, Jerry West is batting a hundred, baby. And I'm starting to love Adrian Brody's Pat Riley a lot. Yeah, me too. It's grown on me. Like, I'm loving his Pat Riley a lot. And so, it's going to be way more interesting because now he's going to be the assistant coach. With with Jason Siegel's Paul Westhead, who, who has been hilarious this whole time. And I'm so excited to see him in this role of he's not coach, ready to be a coach. coach. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Definitely not ready. And then what's going oh. on with Jeannie and, and, and the buses? Just them losing. Well, I thought, I thought about the to whole, lose the Lakers. Well, I thought like the stuff with them and creating the Laker girls was super interesting. Did not know that was great. Pretty much created the Laker girls. I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know Paula Abdul was a Laker girl. I knew she was a Laker girl, but I didn't know that she was the first head Laker girl. Hey, that's fire in general. That's hard, but I'm just, I'm interested in just what's going on with Jip is like, is he about to lose the Lakers? Is he that much in debt? Like, and does winning a championship solve that? That's what I'm interested in with this bus storyline. But I feel like they have to give him something to where it's like makes it intriguing. But I don't know if he was about to lose the Lakers like that. Yeah, I think they're making maybe over dramatizing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. With all that going on, I don't know how they could even afford to do the stuff that they're doing. That's what I'm saying. So, but Magic's actor, he's incredible. Yeah, he's great. And Kareem's actor, like you said. He's incredible as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just like, we didn't know. That gives me hope, at least for, like, Larry Bird. These other basketball shows coming up. No, I'm saying, like, (laughs) talk about that FX show. You know, I feel like they're going to find someone who's going to be able to play those or even more current NBA players well. Mm -hmm. Like, there's people out there who can do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Now, this puts pressure on the Adam Sandler basketball movie that has actual NBA players in it. Sure, but I don't think a lot of people are even excited for that. I don't know about, I wouldn't say not excited for it, but I don't think, the, I think the expectations are low. Yeah, you're probably right. 
because it, it the movie changed its whole theme, like when China got beef with the NBA. Yeah, so yeah, no, you're right. But Winning Time's the best show on TV right now. It is. It really Easy. is. HBO again batting 100. Yep, and like it's it's arguably I'm enjoying Winning Time maybe a little bit more than Euphoria. Maybe Peacemaker's still my There's favorite. Yeah, I think Tokyo Vice might come in and take it all. We're gonna see. Oh, let's go. Black Rain vibes, baby. I just wish I was more into Ansel Elgort. Like, I, I wish it was a different act. Well, I feel like that's what's going to put a stink on it around everyone else. But mm-hmm. I think in its core, it's probably going to be great. Yeah. Like, I just think it's going to be just a people hate around it. And people yeah. are going to be like, I can't like this because. Because of him. Yeah. Like and look, I get it. Rightfully so. Like, but yeah, separate yeah. the art from the artist until he gets convicted. That's how I feel. It's not like R. Kelly where the songs directly tie to his crime. I still watch seven. Sorry, I say. Yeah, we did. We reviewed seven facts. So, but that's pretty much everything, man. Yeah, that's pretty much everything for this week. There was a lot to get through. Um, Next so week's episode is going to be fun with all those reviews. Y'all be on the lookout for that. That's going to be great. Yeah, I'm glad we got to get through all that because there was definitely some stuff that I wanted to mention. Um, and definitely excited to uh, talk about all those shows. It's starting to get a little busy. Yep. I'm spending my lunch trying to get an episode of a show in <laughs> in general I mean, it's like you know i get an hour so you know yeah get that tv in um but yeah so you know we'll be back next week with that review episode um i probably closer to the end of the month or in may we'll be back doing running Run it back yep um one thing I've been thinking about mentioning for down the line, we, what we need to do is as a group off air need to like formulate some kind of list or some way of like drawing for uh, movies. Oh, like, like what we're going to do? Let people know? Yeah, because like unless we're doing something on theme for a period of time, like I keep coming up with stuff. Yeah, I was okay. just watching Jurassic Park the other day and I'm like, well, we need to do Jurassic Park. Yeah, we can make a list and put it on uh, the website and that's how we utilize the website because in the other podcast that we just started, the Manga Melee Pod, they want to do like a recommendations network-wide, like just weekly. And I, I think they got some good ideas. So yeah, we can use the website for that. But uh, speaking of that, make sure you check out Manga Melee, new podcast, has its own podcast feed. If you want to watch the, the uh, video, it's on the Bros Who Think Network's YouTube. Uh, check out Anime Talk, most recent episodes out. Check out Bros Who Think Pod, most recent episodes out. A lot of good stuff out. But yeah, man, I'm excited for when we come back, we're running back. Dark Knight's got to be the first one we do. Yeah, that's we've decided that. So that's going to be on the docket. Unless yeah. we have on Friday. No, we haven't. But that'll, be, that'll come. <laughs> Ian's ass um, has been traveling. Dark Knight and um and like I, one thing I was thinking about is you know if each one of us throws in ideally three movies that we think are perfect movies and then drop one and then like whatever one gets drawn like that's you have to champion that that's your perfect movie yeah you automatically give have given it a ten oh wow <laughs> jeez okay or I mean like you know at least like a nine some like a nine yeah I get what you're saying whatever. Whatever we put, obviously for Dark Knight, because Dark Knight is going to win. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, however high that goes for Dark Knight, that's like your starting point. Like you can't stray from like this is my top tier perfect movie. I got gotcha. you. 
I might do Batman Mask of the Phantasm because I know that's a tune. <laughs> but we've already done that. We did Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're right. Good idea. We'll talk more about that off air. All right. But so anyway, catch us again next week for another episode of Bros Who Binge Podcast. Check out everything on the network. Catch, follow me on Instagram at hubert14 on t- Twitter and Instagram letterbox Adam BWT getting back and doing those. Um, but we'll be back for more reviews next week. So have a great week. And as always, keep binging.